Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Well, my name is Mark Pope. I'm the lead pastor at the church. It's really good to be with you guys tonight. <clears throat> I do want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to try to honor God on Christmas Eve. Probably a couple groups right now in the room. Uh, Some of you are like, I'm so glad to be here. Let's just spend the next 20 minutes or two hours or the rest of the night just focusing on God. And there's probably another group going, get on with the pastor. I got like 16 things to get done before 7 (laughs) o'clock. Am I right? There's like... Probably see the people that are feeling like that. They won't say it out loud because they want to. But reality is, this time of year can be fairly busy for some of us. Am I? Is that the world you live in? No. I guess we're done. We're done. No one's talking back today. Is it true? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce an idea, even if that's not the case for you. A couple up coming up on the screen. Have you ever considered the energy expended during the Christmas season? There's a lot of energy expended. I mean, sometimes now it starts in like August. Right? It used to be we at least waited, and, but so many things. Uh, here's a few examples. Some financial energy is expended during the Christmas season. 41% of Americans are willing to take on debt for Christmas. This next one was new to me. Americans spend $6.1 billion on Christmas trees. The next one was interesting. $15.2 billion gets spent on unwanted presents. That feels a little sad to me. So we put financial energy into Christmas. We put physical energy into Christmas. We're, you know, the food prep and the you know, clean the house, right? Because you got to do it at least once a year. So you might as well do it at Christmas. There's, uh, the other day, the, the presents thing, we have a big present, uh, not under our tree. It wouldn't fit under the tree. It's like next to our tree, but it was in another room. My wife said, hey, will you come and help me move this present? But by the time I got done help moving that present, I'm like, I need a nap. How big is this present? It's all kinds of things. Relational energy. Anybody have a family gathering that, coming that they need prayer for? Just to be honest about, you know. So a couple things regarding this idea of uh, the energy that goes into Christmas. The first one is, um, in it all, try to make sure that you don't use all your energy just for tangential, is that a word? Tangent things. Don't miss God in the midst of the Christmas season. I'll talk about that a little bit in a moment. Uh, But the other thing is, It really is fairly appropriate that uh, a great amount of energy and effort is given to the season because Christmas really is, if you get to the core of, of, of Jesus Christ and God sending his son to the earth, it really is a pretty big deal. And I want to give you just a simple uh, talk this evening, and I probably should clarify for those of you who are like, really, man, we want to go home. It's not going to be long. A couple hours, we'll be out of here. No, just a, but a couple ideas uh, regarding how big a deal it is that Jesus would come to the earth. We're going to get that from a famous Christmas text 
in Luke chapter 2. By the way, God is expending quite a bit of energy in uh, this in these moments of Jesus Christ coming to the earth in the Christmas story. God expends energies, expending energy, sending angels to make announcements. He's hanging special stars in the sky. He's orchestrating a census that shifts the, 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 the Middle East population to all different kinds of places just so that Jesus will be born in the right spot. And in the midst of that, in Luke 2, verse 8, it's, there's this probably familiar story to us. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That sounds like a big deal. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And to sum up the rest of the account there, like a multitude of heavenly hosts show up and they sing in the sky and then the shepherds in the middle, arguably in the middle of the night, expend energy making this trek to find Jesus and to worship him. That familiar Christmas story. The title of the talk this evening is Christmas Eve, What's the Big Deal? And I want to give you two simple points. There are more points than that on why Christmas is a big deal. But I want to focus on two things from this text. And the first idea is this. Christmas is a big deal because Jesus appears really close. He just appears really close. I had not thought of this before. But in verse 11, when the angel says, Today in the, what's it say? In the town of David, a Savior has been born. The shepherd's mind, I think, would have went, wait a minute, in the town of David? That's Bethlehem, and it's right there. Does that make sense? They're out, they would have said, I don't know if they would have gone, whoa, but maybe they'd you know, like, I don't know what a shepherd would have gone, like, oh, like, oh I don't know what, what do shepherds do when they're excited about something? I have no idea. I wish I knew. They... Threw a, they sh threw a sheep in the air and then <laughs> watched it land. And then they, but then they would go, because in, in the town of David, that's right there. And for a shepherd, we're going to talk about accessibility. For a shepherd to have that close access to something that God was doing or that anybody was doing, that's a big deal for a shepherd. Because shepherds didn't get access to a lot of things. Here's three reasons why they'll come up on the screen. Shepherds were low on the socioeconomic ladder. Shepherds were smellier than the average person. <laughs> and by, by virtue of their job, they were always connected to their sheep. And so that was a deal. But when verse 12 says, this will be a sign to you, shepherds, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger... That opened the door for them because they could put together, wait, a manger, that's a feeding trough. He must be in some type of a barn or a shed, which means we can go and take the sheep with us. So here's the idea. 
There were virtually no barriers for the shepherd to participate in what God was doing. Pause. That's a big deal. That's a really, and by the way, that translates to us today in the Christmas story. Those of you that may not know, a little theology for you, understanding of God. Jesus came. He didn't stay a baby. Did you know that? Didn't stay a baby. Grew up, died on a cross, rose from the grave. Then he ascended into heaven, and then he sent his spirit to the earth, which is not limited to one location because of a human body. And so you could translate the Christmas story in today's terms. An angel could show up and say, today in the town of Elkhart, a savior right over there. Today in the town of Elkhart, we have access to a savior. There's a savior now. Today in the town of South Bend. Today in the town of Bremen. Today in the town of Osceola. Well, maybe not Osceola. But today in the town of... Just kidding. I live in Osceola. Today in... And if you want to make it a little more personal, if you live in a neighborhood or an apartment complex, today in the neighborhood of whatever, today in the whatever complex thing, there's, there is a Savior, a Savior's presence. There is God's presence in that area close enough for us, you, me, to have access to what God is doing. It's one of the big messages of Christmas. And so just a little simple challenge in the midst of this, don't miss, don't miss out on the access we have to Jesus Christ and what God is doing. And that's a little bit of a challenge because life can get busy. But even if you go back to the original Christmas story, not everybody made it to the manger. So don't miss it. It's so close. And let's just get real. It's fairly easy to miss because life gets busy. Or because we make stupid choices or bad choices, or because, right? It happens all the time. If you want to do a little extra reading, there's really kind of a sad story in Luke chapter 14 where uh, God is inviting a group of people. It's a parable, but the parable teaches that God is inviting a big group of people to a banquet. And when the invitation goes out, a whole bunch of people come up with excuses on why they can't go to the banquet. It looks something like this. It says they all alike made excuses began to make excuses. And one says, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Another one says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Another one says, I just got married so I can't come. You know, it's like honeymoon or whatever. I'm going to go make out with my wife. I'm not going to go to your banquet. That's, that's what it means in the original language. I'm going to go make out with my It's not what it means. I don't know, maybe it does. I didn't look it up. But anyway, they, you know, I just got married. And these all at times feel like really legitimate excuses. But in the midst of all that, the challenge for me, which I think can be hard, the challenge for us, don't miss the opportunity to get in on, be part of what God is doing. Because he's really close. Oh, by the way, if you're new with us and you're looking for a church home, uh check us out. Um, a lot, <laughs> you could describe our churches. It's just a bunch of us trying to not miss out on what God's doing. 
And we're starting a series uh, beginning of the year called Resolve, starting the, the year off right. And we're going to talk about a lot of important things that uh, many times we make resolutions with. But part of it will also be how do you try to get all the good things done, the important things done in life, and also make sure that we're taking care of the most important thing, which is our spiritual life. So that'll begin in a couple weeks. So the first idea was Christmas is a big deal because Jesus appeared really close. Only one more thought. Christmas is a big deal because Jesus takes the form of a Savior. Everybody say Savior. Savior. Oh, this is such good news. In verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. In the original language, this is what it looks like and what it means. It means a Savior. You could translate it a deliverer, a perseverer. A preserve, I'm sorry, a preserver. It means it's a description of an individual who saves and delivers them into his safety. Let me tell you a story. It's not a Christmas story. When I was probably in high school, 16, 17, 18, uh, me and my hoodlum friends decided we would, it was in the middle of the summer and we were going to go swimming. So we went to, uh, I can't remember the name of the pond. It was on Minnick Road. And uh, for those of you that don't know, back in the, you know, in the, in the dark ages, we would, like, people would actually swim in, like, ponds and stuff. We would get on our dinosaurs, ride to the, if we didn't have swimming pools, we actually would swim. Young people are like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. So we, we went to this place, we were swimming around, messing around, and we decided, hey, let's all swim to the other side of the pond. So we all jumped in, we're swimming all the way to the other side of the pond. When we got there, there were probably six of us or so, um, we were all getting out of the pond, and then we heard Jeff, who was pretty far behind us, and he was making interesting noises, because the water, he, he had run out of energy, and the water level was like going, like he was like going under and up, and I still remember, I think this is that, exactly what he said, because we turned around, and he was doing this thing, and he said, guys, <laughs> you should have panicked more. He just said, guys, a little help, like that. And it was interesting how different people responded to, because he was in trouble. He was, you know, still out there and not making any headway. And, uh, and so I remember I went into coaching mode, and I began to yell at him. Keep swimming. Jeff, you do not stop swimming. Keep, move your arms, buddy. Move, you know, all that, because I didn't want to. There were probably others that could have moved into critic mode, like, what the heck? If you knew you couldn't swim that far, you never should have gotten water anyway. So in the midst of all that activity, then my friend Mike, who was the oldest and the tallest, he actually got in the water and he walked out to Jeff, because it wasn't over his head, and he extended his hand, and he grabbed Jeff by the arm, and he pulled him in. That is not a bad picture of what a Savior does. By the way, God has lots of characteristics. There's, there are times when he is an encourager. Like he'll say, do it, do it, do it, you can do it. Other times where he's very critical. He's, he's, a, judge, he's a judge. And he'll say, that is wrong, and you should not. But, but the Christmas story... The bulk of the Christmas story, the message from the angels to the shepherds, to the, the message to us tonight is a Savior has been born. And if you're like me, that is good news. 
That is great news. I've been trying to do this Christian thing since I was 20 years old, and you'd think by now I might have it down. But you know what? A lot of my life, and so there are days I do pretty good at my spiritual swimming, you know, doing all right, keeping my head above water. But still regularly, I get all, you know, do something dumb or something sinful or just get tired. And I'm so glad for the Christmas story that Jesus jumped into the world not to yell at me for being an idiot, although, granted, he primarily in the Christmas story jumped into the world to extend his strong arm and say, I got you. I'm going to pull you out of this. That's why Christmas is a big deal. Amen? A couple good reminders. So what we're going to do now is spend the rest of our time, just a, a few minutes, and we're going to try to make a big deal out of the fact that God would send his son here. So we're going to sing a couple songs together. And so if you would stand with me and make the decision to engage and try to focus on God and on Jesus Christ as we sing these songs. Let me pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.